0: hey everyone welcome to another brand new episode of saft podcast i believe that you guys have been able to go through all of our previous podcasts where we took on a wide variety of topics and from this video on we'll be taking on a very new series the connecting point of all these podcasts as series is not much in the topic but rather in whom we are uh, taking on, to say. Uh, we came across this channel called Crash Course and I believe most of you might be familiar with this channel. I myself have uh, referred to the videos and the topics on economics to get a quick, brief idea about what it is. I actually enjoy the topics. They do a good job in economics. They have a good animation. It's very easy to understand. But I came across some of their videos on Christianity, philosophy of religion and theism. And as it turns out, they don't do a great job in being an unbiased and objective source of information. As we shall show you in the upcoming podcast, we don't think that they are unbiased or objective. And we will be presenting counter arguments and rebuttals to some of the claims that they made against Christianity and theism. So, Piyush, welcome and uh, thank you for joining me. Yeah. So, the first video that we'll be taking on is about Crash Course, how they explain the spread of Christianity from Judaism to Constantine. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for bringing that video into my attention. And I believe that you have prepared some rebuttals as to why you think they didn't do a good job with it. Yeah. Yeah. So... Let's begin. Um, what are the challenges that they have brought up or claims are, or... Before uh,
1: that, yeah, I just like to say that we have even uh, added the link to the description of yeah, the right. video, yeah. so yeah, so you can either watch that video and then watch this rebuttal, or else after this rebuttal, you can go and refer it to that video. Those videos. Yeah,
0: but we highly appreciate it that you watch that video either way, so that you will yeah. know what Excel we are yeah. taking on. So
1: I will we'll be going point wise and. Uh, so it will be easier for you guys to uh, compare and see both the videos. So the first point is, like the person says that the Hebrews moved from polytheism to monotheism. But the first Hebrew was Abraham and he was the one who structurized the monotheism and uh, God gave him the covenant and that's how it went on. And the uh, generations after him, the Hebrews they were all monotheists. So this claim, which he makes that Hebrews were polytheists and then they move into moved into monotheism, this is wrong. Right, because like you said, the guy,
0: the first Hebrew is a monotheist. Yeah. So Hebrews are by birth, you can say they ended up being monotheists Yes. And we don't see this change of evolution yes. from polytheism of worshiping many gods to monotheism, which was very radical at that time. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Right.
1: And secondly. We say that uh, the person in the crash course says that crucifixion was by the Romans on the influence of Jews Well, I have no objection because this is a correct statement And then he goes on to say that there are some later traditions Which believe that crucifixion of Christ was done by the Jews, not by the Romans For example, in the Quran we see in uh, Surah 4, verse 157 that uh, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ was done by the Jews, but not by the Roman people. Yeah, so but, I'll just,
0: yeah. I've got the surah with me, surah 4, verse 157, I'll be reading out the English translation. They, the Jews, said yeah. in boast, We killed Christ, Jesus, the son of Mary, the messenger of Allah. But they killed him not, nor crucified him. But so it was made to appear to them, and those who differ therein are full of doubts with no certain knowledge, but only conjecture to follow for of surety, they killed him now. So, Uh this is, like I said, this is one of the traditions that came on and said that crucifixion was primarily done
1: by the excuse, Jews. But what we wanted to show is that the claim which is, uh, by the statements which are there in the crash course, they are not false, they are completely positive. But the traditions did not have any Christian background. Christianity says that crucifixion of Jesus Christ was done by the Romans under the influence of the Jews. There's one more critical point which come, which we come across in this video and in general it is a very burning issue and an argument. So it's about the later dating of the New Testament. So what do you think about it Jacob?
0: Yeah exactly you said it's it's a very critical issue because what happens is if you are able to push the dating and the writing of the New Testament to a much later date especially the, the Gospels and the book of Acts because these are Eyewitness records and the Book of Acts is the earliest and the most authentic take on church history. Mm. So, if a person is able to date them to later era, what he's able to do is he's able to show to uh, to his readers, his followers, to the people who listen to him, that the claims of the Gospels, which are astounding claims of miracles, of claims of divinity, of claims of resurrection, they'll be able to show that all these claims are mere legends. That they developed over time, that the people ended up thinking more about Jesus than who he really was, and they started adding these these records into the life of Jesus, because the people who are who were present during the time of Jesus, the contemporaries of Jesus, are now no longer present to contradict or make any claims against any assertions against this claim, which is why they try and tend to date all of the books in the New Testament after AD 70. Most liberal scholars, from the atheistic perspective. They try and date the New Testament's books from the Gospels, uh, the Church history, the Epistles, Book of Revelation, everything after 8570 And this is the point that we would like to seriously cover in this podcast, and we want to educate our listeners as to why this is not the case. So what we'll be doing is we'll be going through some quick uh, examples and answers and arguments from history, from within the text, put forward by uh, scholars, as to why. The later dating of the gospels are not reasonable. Okay. Okay. So the key thing. A huge turning point in the in the history of the Jews happened in AD seventy. And that was the destruction of the temple. Now the Jews ascribe huge value to the temple because all the rituals, traditions, ceremonies, everything linger around the temple. The sacrifices they make, the offerings they make, the place of the the place of the meeting the meeting place, the festivals they have, everything happens in the temple. And in AD seventy, the temple was destroyed. Uh, by the Romans because there was this rebellion by the Jews and the Romans suppressed it and they destroyed the temple and this is one critical point that comes into perspective when dating the Gospels because Jesus makes predictions about the fall of the temple in both the Gospel of Matthew and Mark and his predictions are very accurate because the disciples and Jesus walk along the temple and the disciples say to Jesus look at the beautiful walls of the temple they are so amazing and then Jesus says there is a time that is going to come when not one single stone of the temple shall be upon the other. So these stones that were used to structure the temple, historians say were as big as the size of a room. So for Jesus to come along and say, Jesus being predominantly being a Jew, speaking to his Jewish disciples, to say that big stone structures of the temple would be removed each and every one of them. That means the destruction is going to be very decisive. Yes. It's going to be a massive destruction. And also this, this is an accurate prophecy about what is happening to the temple because when the Romans came and they took over the temple they set the temple on fire when Herod built the temple out of extra and out of luxury he placed gold sheets between the stones okay because he just wanted to go full on gold out of the of the royal treasury building the temple so he placed gold sheets so when the Romans saw gold melting out of the stones what did they do well we had to get the gold right so they went out and they removed each and every one of the stone in a drive to get the gold. So the specific and accurate prophecy by Jesus came to fulfillment in 70. Next thing is that, and this is the key point, the gospel's nor Luke in his Acts refers to a single mentioning of the destruction of the temple. Because this is a very crucial event and they do not mention it. Now here's the reason why. The conservative or Christian scholars claim that this is because the gospel was written before the fall of the temple. Before AD 70. Which is why they did not mention it. They mentioned the prophecy of Jesus and they did not mention the fall of the temple because that hadn't happened yet. Yeah. But atheists, because they have an a priori commitment that there is nothing supernatural, that a person cannot make prophecies, that there is nothing beyond the material world like we had covered in one of our previous podcasts, the, the the idea of materialism. Yes. Because of this view, they believe that a person simply cannot make prophecies they start off with that a priori commitment with that assumption so when they come across these claims and these evidences they immediately rule it out as false second the disciples do not mention the siege of jerusalem for 3 years jerusalem was under a massive siege that happened from uh, during the time frame of ad 66 to 67 and it was for 3 years and then jerusalem fell they make no mentioning of this now, if the disciples were trying to, you know, write up the uh, the supposed prophecy of Jesus to make Jesus more appealing to the people and to add the credibility of Jesus, is what they couldn't do. They could have mentioned his prophecy and they could have said right after mentioning the prophecy. And this happened in the year so and so yeah. and we believe his words. That's very easy, right? But we don't see them doing that. They just mention the prophecy and they move on. But in John chapter 2, towards the end, the disciples mention about Jesus speaking to the temple priest and he says to them, I will destroy this temple and I shall rebuild in three days. And the disciples then mention it. He was speaking about his resurrection. How he how the temple is his body and how he's going to be crucified yes. and how he's going to resurrect in three days. And right after that, John mentions. And we came to know and we remembered all these after the resurrection. And we believed more in his word. So John is writing about this incident after Jesus' prophecy and after the resurrection. So John is saying, yeah, he said so and so. And now we recall it. Now we remember it. So he's mentioning it. If the Gospels were written after the fall of the temple, then there is no reason why they wouldn't mention it. They could have said, Jesus said so and so. And after it happened, we remembered his words. Just like we see in other places. Another thing. um, They failed to mention the death of Paul and Peter. Paul dies around AD 64 and Peter dies around AD 65. Now, Paul and Peter are are fundamental figures in the rise of Christianity. They have written numerous epistles. Paul has written the most number of books in the New Testament. They have established massive number of churches, huge figures. Yeah. Why would Luke who writes about the journey of Paul in the book of Acts and Mark who is getting the information about the life of Jesus directly from Peter, why would they not mention the death of two great Christian figures if they were if they were written after their death period? Yes. Because Luke in the book of Acts at the end he finishes off by saying that Paul is still in house arrest in Rome. So definitely Luke was writing in a period when Paul was alive. If Paul had died in AD 64 and and if Luke is writing the book of Acts after AD 70, he would be mentioning it because they go and mention the death of Stephen. They go and mention the death of James, the brother of John, but they don't mention the death of Paul. They don't mention the death of Peter. They don't mention the death of James, the brother of Jesus, because James is given a core image in Acts 15, about how he stands up as a Christian figure. So these are fundamental challenges to the later dating of the gospel. There is no reason to think why they would go away without mentioning the fall of the temple, the siege of the temple, the death of three prime Christian figures. Because if the gospel does not mention it, the book of Acts must mention it because it is church history. Yeah. It is keeping in line with whatever happened in the church, the journey of Paul, his mission journeys and all of that. But they don't mention any of it. So you have to be extremely cynical to go on and say that the the gospels were written later on. Another challenge is specifically addressing the book of Luke. Paul quotes Luke chapter 10 verse 7 in 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 17 through 18. And Timothy is dated to be written near the, the end of Paul's life in 63 to sixty four. So what this means is, during a time when everything that was written was written in scrolls and it was written in big scrolls, so transportation was hard. And any copying of these scrolls meant that the scribes would have to sit down and painfully copy it by hand. In a time frame where such process was lengthy and painful, if a book is in easy circulation and if a book is in is in easy available to people in different places, then that definitely means that enough time has transcribed between the writing of the book and the circulation. Because it is not like as if I can go to Xerox Center, copy it and within 5 minutes it is in circulation. It will take huge amount of time yeah. for the books to be you know from the original to be copied down and then sent out to different people and for Paul to quote from it so this shows that the book of Luke was in in huge circulation before Timothy which was written in AD 63 and 64 yes. and another thing now this is a point we have to stress because these are claims made by atheists Christians are familiar with the Lord's Supper passage in First Corinthians 15 verse 3 to 8 Paul says that which I received I handed over to you in the night in which Christ was betrayed he took the bread and he, he uh, recites or he puts out this oral tradition about what happened at the Lord's Supper. And Christian scholars and atheist scholars have assured that this was an oral tradition that was in circulation with the Christians. Bart Ehrman, one of the most cynical and outspoken critics of the Bible, a person who goes on and l- tries his best to later date every text, he said that this oral tradition was substantiated and structured Within three to five years after the crucifixion of Jesus. So we have a passage in the Bible that atheists claim can be traced to three to five years right after the crucifixion of Jesus. Mm. So it's not as that every passage comes later on and everything is developed into a legend. Yeah. By the reasons I have mentioned out, these are the reasons that any Christian can easily memorize, which is why we are painstakingly taking time and going through this. normally yes. our videos are not this long, but this mm. will be longer. It's because we want Christians to keep in mind these symbols uh, answers, these simple objections to these very bizarre claims and I came across an an interesting fact uh, of a person called John A.T. Robinson I did not think that John A.T. Robinson would make such claims but when I was digging much deeper into, into the datings yeah. John A.T. Robinson launched a movement called the death of God really? so, yeah. so that is as outspoken as you can be against theism,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you are going out and you are starting a movement that declares and celebrates and and touts the death of God he in his revolutionary book the redating the New Testament revised the dates of the Gospels and gave dates much earlier than most conservative scholars gave he gave the dates for Matthew ranging between AD 40 and 60 Mark AD 45 and 60 Luke 57 and 60 John 40 and 65 not a single dating of his came after AD 70 and what's crazy is that at least one of these Gospels is written within seven years of the death of Jesus Christ. Seven years after things happen, the contemporaries are still present. They can challenge the claims of his resurrection, they can challenge all of his claims. For a person like John, who, who speaks directly against theism and Christianity, to go out and give a very early date of the Gospels, means that the evidence are very strong. And he himself claims that the failure to mention the fall of Jerusalem is a key element in the early dating and one person before I conclude one person I would like to mention is William F. Albright he is one of the most prominent Christian archaeologists he claims that there is and this is exactly his quote we can already say emphatically that there is no longer any basis for dating any book of the New Testament after AD 80 two full generations before the date between 130 and 150 given by more radical New Testament critics of today it is mentioned in recent discoveries in the Bible land in 136 so William Albright is saying that there is no longer any reason, even if one is going for some liberal reading, there is no reason to date any book, even the Re- book of Revelation, to be dated after AD 80. So okay. within 40 years of the time span of Christ, yeah. all the books in the New Testament were written. And I have mentioned not only the Christian scholars, I mentioned Bart Ehrman referring to the oral tradition, huh. John A.T. Robinson referring to the Gospels. Mm-hmm. So despite these claims, despite these sound arguments, we still keep on coming across atheists claiming that the Bible is later dated because of their a priori commitment that Jesus cannot make a prophecy. But we no. have to go from cause to effect. We have to retrace that path and we see that there is no reason to think that the Bibles were dated much later.
1: I think, Jacob, this is very important to discuss about and I'm sure it must have cleared a lot of uh, questions, you know, which our subscribers have. We'll go to the next point now. Yeah, In the video... The person claims that there are many similarities between Augustus, the Roman Emperor, and Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So what do you think about it?
0: Yeah, in the video he claims that uh, Virgil, a poet, refers to Augustus, who was also called the Son of God, the Savior of the world. But the claims of Sonship of God by Augustus is very drastically different and a stark contrast to what Jesus claims. Because Jesus is making these claims to the Jews and he not only uses the title of son of God but the title of son of man which is for us it seems like you know son of man we are all sons of men, right that's how we are but for the Jews it refers specifically to a prophecy in the book of Daniel where it talks about a son of man a revelation that, that Daniel sees and there's this guy son of man coming down and sitting at the right hand of God and the angels go and give him majesty, honor, adoration and dominion to this guy sitting right beside God so it is this very claim to divinity that Jesus is making. Yeah. It's not just that merely he can call God his father, not just that, but that he is one with the father, and that he is God himself. It is different from what Augustus said. And also Jesus was able to substantiate this claim. Not and He claimed about this, about himself and substantiated it. Augustus okay. claims it because he is king. He, he is exercising authority over men. Yeah. So, he has that ability to make people, you know, subjugate, it, subjugate them to accept what he claims. Yeah, true. This is very different from the way how Jesus is presenting it. The words hmm. might be same, but the connotations are completely different.
1: Next, we go on to... Yeah. Next, we go on to some reasons which uh, the person says, which supported the spread of Christianity. Yeah, right. Let's look into each of them one by one. I think he, he
0: mentions three reasons, if I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: There were three reasons. So the first reason is he said that the Romans made it very difficult for the Jews because they were persecuting them and that's the reason where the Jews were looking for some other religion and they moved into Christianity well I say that it's totally wrong because we see that the Jews have had a very strong base and then the faith which they had it was very difficult to shatter it so there must have been a strong reason why they moved into Christianity moreover during those days the Christians were persecuted a lot more than the Jews yeah, so right, right. it doesn't make any sense that the Jews will go into something which will make them suffer all the more
0: yeah why would they go from less persecution to more persecution
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: and also it's like when you mentioned about the strong base the Jews have a very strong tradition yes and they hold on to so it's not easy for them to let go of strong traditions and embrace something that is very new yeah. very drastic from what they believed in. Because yeah. the claims of Jesus are not claims any Jew makes.
1: Yes. That, that's, a, that's a strong point, Piyush. Yeah. And then secondly, he mentions that uh, the spread of Christianity was because of Paul. But he missed one point, which is very important and I feel that he should have mentioned about it. When Paul speaks that we all have to believe in resurrection of Christ, because without the resurrection of Christ, all Christians should be pitied for because they are living but they are all dead beings. Right, yeah. Because yeah. they don't have salvation and there's no future. That's because, what the guy,
0: because the guy who came to save them ended up being defeated by death.
1: Exactly. So, and this, that's is, something, not bad. this is
0: something that I have to pick with Crash Course because. They say that they're going to give a good outline of Christianity and they miss out the most important fact about Christianity. Yes. The cornerstone about Christianity, the resurrection of Christ. I don't know yeah. how they were able to miss it, but here again, this is why we believe that they are not unbiased or objective. They deliberately did not did not did want to touch it. Yeah. They say at the beginning that they don't want to talk about the divinity of Jesus because it can cause uh, flaming wars in the comment section. But then but, indirectly they're... Yeah, but later you know, they go and mock Christianity and all that. Yes. Uh, why would they not mention the aspect of resurrection
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it shows to me that they know that they don't have much strong arguments to take yeah. on the resurrection
1: and then the third reason which she says was uh, a common language really do you think so because see Hebrew I agree it was a common language but then at the same time even Greek was a common language why didn't Greek mythology spread just as Christianity did there must be some reason like the reason for which people chose Christianity why they started believing in it and they started following it
0: yeah that's that's you're right uh, why didn't Greek mythology get ahead if, <laughs> exactly. if the reason for Christianity was just mere common language
1: yeah I mean
0: Christianity wasn't established under any kingship under until you know three centuries later yeah so why would Christianity be spread if the only reason is common language why would not any world be spread to that same extent as Christianity under exactly. persecution what do you think Piyush was the core element that made Christianity stand out and be you know a true claim yeah
1: the core element I believe is where uh, Paul's statement when he said that resurrection is the base of a Christian person's life because what does it tell us? It gives us the hope of a future of eternal life living with Christ and that's one of the thing which really led many people to Christianity because God promised us that we would be living eternally with him and we will be receiving salvation and the only thing which we have to do is believing in him. That's it. So That sounds great, right? Yeah, and, and, and
0: also Paul and all the disciples were able to point to a verifiable event in history. Yeah. If anyone wants to disclaim Paul, all they have to go and check in the tomb. Disprove resurrection, they have disproved it. Yes. And that's that's very pinnacle because they have been given a physical event that they can verify. Yeah. It's not just mere revelation and mere claims of dreams, but a physical event that they can verify. Yes. And then he goes on to say that, you know, Constantine played a very crucial role in the spread of Christianity Mm -hmm. because he went and uh, nationalized the Christian faith. But Constantine comes along and does this especially with the help of the Nisian Synod by the beginning of the fourth century. Oh, yeah. Three centuries. (laughs) Three centuries later than Jesus. Yeah. So how did Christianity flourish and be prominent and influential for three centuries under persecution? So much that a Roman Emperor would embrace it. Yes. Like I said, they are deliberately avoiding the core element of the resurrection. Because
1: yeah.
0: it's hard to take down the resurrection. I would say it's impossible to take down the resurrection. Yeah. So I believe that our listeners were able to get some brand new knowledge about some of the claims that we come across with the Christian faith and how to be prepared to answer it. There's no problem in checking out Crash Course. You can check them for other materials. Yeah. I, mean, I won't say that because they were biased in one place, they were they are biased in all the places. But in our later series, we'll be showing why they make some biased claims when it comes to Christianity and theism, So, don't forget to check out the videos and we'll be linking it in the description and in the tags above and uh, check out our uh, Instagram page and Facebook. We'll be posting updates about our upcoming videos and series and don't forget to like, share and subscribe to your friends. We encourage our freedom of expression and freedom of thought. Let everyone join in on the comments and if you have anything, you can reach out to us at our our Gmail saft.internationalgmail.com We can take in your queries and make it part of our series so thanks for listening and god bless